Let's get out of this hot sun into a nice, cool bar. In a few minutes, honey. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Let my boys harmonize just for a minute here. The mighty Tower of Power, baby. 2008. 2008, I think it was 2008. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. We take it to the UK and bring in our ace. I'm talking about the one, the only, Mr. Kenny Rainford. How are you today, sir? I'm good, I'm good. I woke up this morning. <laughs> okay, you woke up this morning. Now, you, you knew Leon Spinks a bit, huh? I knew Leon very well. I got the news late last night, uh, UK time. That he sadly passed away. It was, uh, it was, it, you know, obviously it was inevitable the disease he had, but you know, no one ever expects it to happen so quickly. You know, you know, he. How can I put this? I was talking with Larry Merchant in hour number one about Leon, and he didn't have too much contact with Leon, and neither did I. In fact, as a journalist, I mean, he was sort of done when when I when I became a writer in in the mid eighties and things like that. But um, I never had. I mean, I came in contact with him a couple of times. But he was never a guy that, that people said, hey, he's a former heavyweight champion of the world. We'll get him to sit down here and discuss this fight. Why is it – was he was he dumb or was he just misunderstood? I knew Leon very well to answer that question to the point where Leon, Leon got everything too early in life. He, was the, he won the gold medal as a light heavyweight. Um, really, he was no more than a big cruiserweight, sadly. The cruiserweight division wasn't around when he was about because I, I truly believe if, if Leon could have kept his head on, uh, being as good as he was against the likes of uh, Bernardo Mercado mm-hmm. and when he fought uh, Ali the first time, obviously, he was very intense, very fit. He could have been as good a cruiserweight champion as Evander Holyfield turned out to be if he'd have kept his hat on. The problem with Leon was he got everything early, got all that money after eight pro fights. He just didn't know how to handle it. And he just basically became a mess, you know, and and he just one minute he was good and then he was bad. It was it was just bad leadership on 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 his management behalf. You know, he, he should have been he should have been far better than what he was. Everyone looks on him as the man who got knocked out by Jerry Coates here and around and then obviously got destroyed by Dwight Muhammad Carway and Holmes and the West Holmes and the West. Holmes, huh? that, that, what Larry Holmes did to him. I told me and Larry, I just, were, me and Larry were in, say, yeah, me and Larry were in Antigua, just, Kenny. We were in Antigua, and I said to him, I said, "How could you do that to, to Leon?" I mean, because that was yikes. Did you see the stare down for that one? He made a pass at Diane. That was his problem at the weigh-in. As they're getting ready for the weigh-in, I don't know if Larry told you, but what happened was he turned around. He, he turned around to Larry's wife, and he said, "He said, Diane, he said, if you want to go home with the real man." Tonight you're going to be coming home with me, and that really got under Larry's skin mm. to the point where Larry said, "It's the only fight he ever had that he didn't want to be stopped." You know, Larry sort of had the, the Trevor Burbick said the same thing. Trevor Burbick said yeah. to said to Mrs. Holmes, uh, "He plays around on you." And Larry went nuts down there. Remember, he jumped over the car and went after him. <laughs> One of the old time classics. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and he admits it. When we when Larry and I talked a few weeks ago. But when we talk about that about that moment that night, he says, I remember face-to-face, he had this look in his eye, and he was really concentrated when he's trying to get this across. And he goes, he was crazy. Talking about Trevor Burbick, he was. Yeah, yeah, crazy, man. Crazy, man. Of course, yeah. he died violently. Somebody stabbed him, I think, in Jamaica. But back to Neon Leon. So what was he like as a person? What was his personality like? Was he just a – I mean, in my mind, I think the greatest honor – 
one of the greatest things I can say about Leon Spink was, was that he never pretended to be more than what he was. No, he was always there. You know, he was, you know, he was always there for the fans. He came, we brought him over to, to England and he, he was at a venue in Liverpool and a, a guy walked up to him sheepishly and he said, Leon, he said, will you sign me, uh, me, me stuff for me? He went, buy me a beer first and just laughed. And that was, that was, that was Leon. You know, he was, uh, he was, he was, a, he was a, he was a, he was a favorite with the fans. He was always okay with people. He was never rude or anything like that that I know of. He was susceptible to drink. I know that for a fact. You know, he sadly, like like all too many ex fighters, they they end up smoking and drinking and stuff. Things that you would never dream they would ever have done, which probably you know shortened his lifespan as well. But you know, he's a heavy drinker in retirement um, and a smoker as well. Um, but uh, you know. I I can't take anything away from him as a as a as a human being. He was a great guy. As a as a fighter, he could have been so much better than he actually was. He had all the tools. He had all the ability. And sadly, the heavyweight division wasn't for him. Um, but his his lifestyle was not to be desired. You know, his first wife should have went to prison. Do you know why? What was that? She beat him with a frying pan. Listen to this. I mean, Amanda Stewart lived. I told the story now in number one. Amanda Stewart lived across the street from from him in Detroit. It was the, the Rosedale neighborhood. Of course, I can't remember the street exactly, but the Supremes used to live here. Diana Ross of the Supremes lived in this house that Leon bought. So Leon bought the house directly across the street from Amanda Stewart. So one night, Amanda hears, oh, all this violence coming from the house. He said, oh, my God, somebody must be getting killed over there. So he goes to grab the gun, and Emmanuel's old lady says, you ain't taking that gun with you. So anyway, Emmanuel goes over there, and he forces open the back door, and Leon Spix is in the middle of the kitchen floor, and his wife is sitting on top of his chair and she was a big woman and her girlfriend is hitting him with a cast iron frying pan in the head mm. yeah so it's, i mean right. talk about talk she should have went to jail for that and i can't say what her exact line was to emmanuel but emmanuel ended up putting his tail between his legs and leaving mm. yeah yeah oh, sorry about you that know, sorry, to bring, sorry to bring that I, you sort of bummed out on that one i'm sorry about it kenny rainford's our guest a former uh, a friend of, of Leon Spinks. In fact, this, there hasn't too many been too heavy, uh, been too many heavyweights for the past twenty five years. You haven't been associated with or or been friendly with. And now, of course, you're working with Tyson Fury, the world heavyweight champion. Correct? Yeah, we pop up to the camp uh, now and again. A good friend of mine, uh, he, he's allowed to use the camp. Of course, COVID has restricted that. You know, at this moment in time. But uh, yeah, yeah, everything everything's good with Tyson Fury. He's doing well. Okay, so he and Joshua, I mean, I don't, I think that Joshua sort of proved what he was in that first, that first anti-Louise fight. I mean, Andy Ruiz. I mean, when he, when he got knocked out by a guy that, that, you know, you do realize that had that been any other weight division in boxing, Andy Ruiz would have been ruled unfit to box. He was in such horrible condition for that rematch. Horrible shape. Horrible. He should have been, I mean. Payday. Kenny, it's, it, it's, it was that was of all the guys I've ever seen pimp off a, a heavyweight title and a heavyweight shot, and I've seen a lot of guys do it over the years. Okay, nobody did it like Andy Ruiz. I mean, talk about clown extraordinaire. That is Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the only other one that springs to mind that didn't turn up was when Buster Douglas fought Evander Holyfield. 
you know, I was there, and, and I thought that Buster took a bit of a, a dive there. I mean, you know, I, Mills Lane was a referee. Mills told me that he thought Buster could have got up. I thought Buster could have got up. But, of course, you know, the night before or the night before the weigh-in, I went to the um, – I was in the California Pizza Kitchen in the Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas, and my guy, who I used to tip this guy big money. I had big money back then, so I used to tip a guy 20 bucks to get a pizza and stuff like that. We had big money. So, anyway, he tells me, Buster Douglas is in the, in the sauna. I said, what do you mean? He goes, he's in the sauna. I said, how do you know he's in the sauna? He goes, because I bought four pizzas back there. I said, what? He goes, yeah, I, just, I brought four pizzas back to the sauna, and Buster Douglas signed for him. I said, really? I go, how long? It was about 20 minutes ago. I said, so cool. So anyway, I go back into the Mirage uh, Spa and this this and stuff, get basically down to my, my uh, towel, towel wrapped around me, open up the door to the sauna, and there's Buster eating pizza. Eating pizza in the sauna two days before the Holyfield fight—that that that to me wasn't too cool. That was disrespectful no. to the heavyweight championship. No, and he could have done so much better, so much better. Do you think he could have beat Holyfield? He'd have been in the time of condition he was for Tyson. Do you know what? On a given day, on a given day, you get fighters that come along that on their very very best would have stood, stood a shot with most 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 heavyweights ever and I would categorize Buster Douglas the night he beat Tyson he could have given I'm not saying he would have beaten but he could have given any any heavyweight you know a decent fight that night without a doubt I'm not saying he would have beaten Holyfield probably not but he would have been able to make a Michael Dokes scenario type of fight out of it you know if he'd have turned up in peak condition for me that's what I think Kenny Rainford is our guest our UK uh, ace of course you know his mother died before the fight and that motivated him but I was watching yeah, a that's... I was watching a UFC fight I think last night where somebody's fought, mother or father had died a couple of weeks before and they fought anyway you know what I'm against that I don't I mean Buster didn't have a choice at this point in time he was like you know he couldn't have canceled an HBO event he would have lost his ass and all that kind of good stuff and probably not, not get another title shot um, certainly against Tyson, but but you know, do you feel me? You see where I'm going on that? I can I can interact on that right away. I always see on these on these posts on Facebook and stuff about the, about when Jerry Corey beat my buddy Ernie Shavers in in the first round, right? Let me let me state equivocally. I love Jerry Corey. Jerry Corey for me would have always beaten Ernie, but on that night, Ernie should not have fought. Days before the fight, his father passed away. If you look on his robe as he walks into the ring, he's got a, a, the signage on the back of his robe says, doing it for dad. Mm-hmm. The only reason he went through with that fight was it already being postponed before when Jerry pulled out with an injury and Jimmy Ellis stood in and Ernie knocked him out and around. And then the second time around, Don King would not allow Ernie to pull out the fight. And he was in Ernie's head, do it for your dad, Ernie, do it for your father, do it for your memory of your father. And it all backfired. And, and Ernie gets slammed for that result being the worst worst result of his career which which it technically is but there was mitigating circumstances as to how he turned up that night his head wasn't on straight don't get me wrong like I say I don't think any style wise would have beaten Jerry Quarry but he would have made a hell of a lot more of a fight of it maybe five six rounds maybe more I don't know but that was not Ernie that night and when people judge that fight they judge it for not the right reasons. They're not. They're not looking into the background history of that fight. So, as you say, in certain circumstances, a bereavement can either harm you, as it did Ernie, 
or it can boost you as it did Buster Douglas. Yeah, but I think for the most part, you should just stay away from that. Speaking of Ernie Shavers, Larry Holmes, you know, I talked about getting hit with shots, and I talked earlier in the first hour on the only time I got knocked down, Kenny, was with shots I didn't see, hooks, both right hooks and left hooks. Um, I never got hit, hurt, knocked down with a shot that I saw directly coming. Larry Holmes was the same way, except with, with Ernie Shavers. He said you could see Shavers' punch coming and still go down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I was very fortunate to speak to Jeff Merritt before he passed away, a couple of years before he passed away. And I was not really looking forward to speaking to Jeff because of what I'd heard about him. When I actually spoke to him on the few occasions I did, he was a very knowledgeable guy. And he was he was, he was was telling me about when he used to spar with Ernie. He said, that the hardest goddamn punch I ever got hit in my life, he said, was Ernie. He said, I spar with, with the Sonny Liston. I had sparred with uh, Cleveland Williams. I sparred with everyone. He said, when Ernie used to hit you, he said, you couldn't explain it. He said, he'd hit you the hip shot, he'd paralyze you. He'd hit you in the head with a jab, he'd numb you. Uh, he said, it was crazy. He, crazy. he was also saying about Larry, was, Larry Holmes in the same training camp. He said, Larry used to wind Jeff up saying, Good Go on, point. Jeff, get, get Ernie today for what he did for you yesterday. Put, put, that, put, put, put that on hold, Kenny. Kenny. Kenny, Kenny, put that on hold. Running up on a hard break. Diana Ross in the streets before the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk. This is Sports Byline. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I think that the Affordable Care Act, you know, as long as it wasn't a name of uh, the Obamacare, it would pass. They made the test already. But the fact of the matter is, at the essence of it all, is people need health care. The world's greatest promoter, Mr. Don King, of course, had that show last week with Diane Br- Daniel Bryan. Uh... The main event winner, of course, over Berman Stravain, something I can forget real easy. Of course, Kenny Rainford is on the line from the UK, our UK ace. We love having him on the show. And, of course, you know, I was hearing recently that Amira Khan's mother has pancreatic cancer. And the reason why I bring this up, Kenny, is that Amira's got a lot of money. He made a lot of money. If ever there was a time he needed to spend that money, it was to send his mother to the United States and have her get a pancreatic, uh, pancreas transplant or some kind of that, something that. Don't, don't, I mean, that's why he has that money. Spend it on mom. Exactly. Without a doubt. So do you know him at all? I mean, I tried to hit him a tweet, but he, he don't, we don't tweet back and forth. Do you know him Do you know him enough to get him to tweet? I mean, the Mayo Clinic, UCSF in San Francisco, uh, Stanford University, UCLA Med Center, these are places that deal with pancreatic cancer. And, you know, some of these people live with pancreatic cancer for like 10, 15 years. Sometimes they live, they get rid of it. So what yeah. I'm trying to say is if you got some money, Amir, please listen to me. Spend the money on mom. Without a doubt, without a doubt, I can get a message to him, no problem. Please do that. Anyway, Kenny Renfrew is our guest, of course. Kenny, who, I mean, speaking of Amir Khan, is him and, are he, he and Kel Brook in a fight? I, I think it was always one of those, those fights that was destined to happen. Sadly, it's happened when the two of them passed the, well past the prime. Um, it looks like it's going to happen for sure. Yeah, definitely. How good is Chris Eubank Jr.? Uh, he's good, but he's not, he's not what his dad was. Okay, and his dad, of course, a former WBO light heavyweight champion. Um, he's getting a lot of push. He's getting a lot of play. I mean, isn't he? Is he one of the more popular fighters in the UK? 
Yeah, he's a popular fighter. Um, sadly, we're just not seeing enough of them at this moment in time. With obviously with this damn COVID situation, uh, you know, it's 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 you know, fighters are nowhere near as busy as they want to be or could be. Um, but he's certainly one of the the fighters that's uh, that's spoken about. You know, along with uh, obviously Billy Joe Saunders is had a, a recent uh, video outrage claiming that he can beat and would beat Canelo. If he was given the chance, um, did did he really did he pull some crap where he tried to give some money to a crack whore or something like that? I mean, I saw uh, all kinds of nasty stuff about him on the internet. Is it any of that true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yes, yeah. so, <laughs> of course it's true. Yeah, you've been, you know, you got caught red-handed. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, again, you know, you meet him. He's a nice enough guy, but these people have, you know, they have like a secret life. You know, which is he's a gypsy. Gypsy, yeah. He's a gypsy. Here in the United States, let me tell you, Kenny, here in the United States, gypsies are like, they're crooks. I mean, they're, they're they're known as crooks, and they're not white gypsies like Tyson Fury. They're gypsies like they sort of look like me. They're dark-skinned, okay? And for the most part, they cheat people. And, I mean, they, 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 you'll, you'll go to the Safeway Park, uh, Safeway to buy your food, and you'll have a dent in your car, and they'll say, hey, let me fix that dent. I'll fix it for 50 bucks. And they end up putting... Um, plaster a Paris in there instead of Bondo and that kind of stuff. I mean, they're just known for scams. And, and, and here's a good one. Some gypsy, I'm a private investigator on the side. Um, some gypsy lady hired me a couple of years ago to spy on another psychic. <laughs> I kid you not. So so anyway, I, I took the, reta- I thought it was a joke, Kenny. I thought it was a joke until I got the retainer, until she paid the credit card. So once she paid the credit card, I said to myself, hmm, if she was a psychic, she wouldn't need me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, what about Connor Ben? Sorry, what was that? What about Con- What about Nigel Ben's kid? Again, I would rate him at a similar level to Chris Eubank Jr. Um, you know, nowhere near as good as Dad, but a good fighter for what's around today. Possibly, uh, possibly, maybe a title challenge material, winning the title. I don't know. I doubt it. But you know, fighters improve as they go along. You know, styles make fights as well. Okay, well, would you would you would you equate his their abilities, Eubank Jr. and Kyle uh, Connor Ben, with that of Ricky Burns, a former champion? Would you say that that the talent level is about the same? Yeah, I'd say pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. All right. What is yeah. what is MTK Boxing? Is it headquartered in law, in, in England? Uh, MTK Global. Yeah. It's, uh, Mac, Mac the Knife Global. Um, they've been under some kind of scrutiny in the UK just recently. Um, but a good friend of mine, a um, very good friend of mine, Bobby Allen, is the CEO of the company in uh, in America. The the, the, off, the main offices are in uh, America and Dubai now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're, they're pumping a lot of money into boxing, which is which is a good thing because, you know, they, they, with, with the money, you're getting, you know, classic fights. You know, MTK and Barbarum are the ones that's making this Anthony Joshua fight happen um, with Tyson Fury. You know, it's probably going to take place in the Middle East um, because they've, they've, they're the ones with the dollars to put up for it. But, you know, um, you, you do know you do know that Yalen beat, tried to beat, beat up on some 17 uh, year old black kid. Right. Because the black kid schooled him in basketball. So he slapped the kid and threw threw a basketball at him. And, and the police were involved and he was fired from that casino job there. In, in, in New Jersey. I mean, so he, he may be your good friend in this and that, but I'm going to tell you, man, he is a piece of work. 
Really? He is a... See, I, I, let me tell, I'm tell you like yeah. this. Let me tell you. I'll tell you what. He convinced a girl that I know, and I almost want to cry because you broke this girl's heart. He convinced a girl I know to move with her daughter to another state and to move in with him, and he was carrying on an affair with another woman at the same time. In other words, he was... I mean, and this is all true. I hate to bring up, like, you know, yeah, yeah, love yeah. stuff, but let me tell you, I, that girl, he, he almost ruined that woman's life. Really? Yeah, I mean, so he he's not he he's not not real high on my on my favorite list as far as as people are concerned. I mean, I don't want to wish bad bad I don't wish bad will ill on anybody. But Bob, of course, when he was with ESPN, I mean, there was controversies involved there. As far as he was he was fired because he he gave or allegedly fired because he gave that 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 uh that date to I can't remember who the name of the promoter was, but he got he got sexual favors in ex- in exchange. I mean, this was all pub- this is all public knowledge. I mean, and you got they hired him in the UK for this big job, so I'm sort of miffed at that one. We'll pass on that one. Let him go. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, well, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, it is what That's- it is. And in fact, and and, and I don't want to blow it or anything, but I think the. I think there's a big news organization in the UK is about to drop a bomb on that whole MTK thing. So that's why I just wa- thought I would bring it up. I'll just let yeah. it go at that. Talk to me about the hundred. Who are all these guys named Caleb? I mean, one's from the United States, but two are from from uh, from the UK or from Europe, and they're fighting 168 pounds. Um, is there anybody in Europe that has really has a legitimate shot? Does Billy Jan- Joe Saunders, even though he's un- he's undefeated, WBO champion, does he have a legitimate shot at, at Canelo in May? I I'll say this much about him. He, I think he's, he's he's worthy of a shot with Canelo. Uh, I mean, if Smith got the fight, why couldn't Billy Joe? You know, um, and I do actually believe Billy Joe Saunders would put up a, a far better fight, even though Smith's from my hometown. I would say Billy Joe Saunders would up, would put up a better fight, and it would be a better fight for the fans to watch. Whether he wins it or not, I don't think he's capable of beating Canelo. He, on the other hand, is adamant, adamant that he has got the tools, the ability, and the drive to beat Canelo. In the gym, when there isn't bad blood involved in boxing, we're both there for each other. Will you agree to that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes far apart. I mean, like, there was a guy named, I, uh, anyway, there was a guy here in, in, in San Francisco, and he's dead now. But you had to watch him. Everything he would elbow you after the bell. He, I mean, he would do any. He was just the dirtiest fighter in the entire world. Anyway, I'm looking at this thing you had on Facebook here, where this guy gets rocked with a shot, and he's sparring, and he goes to stagger, and his sparring partner grabs him, and things like that. People don't realize that's what boxing truly is. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. you know, good. You know, good beating your sparring partners up too badly because they're just not going to want to turn up the next day. Yeah, and you know, I, I know guys that tried to make impressions of sparring partners against champions, and this one they got sent home early and and things like that. Or you know, I know a couple guys that I won't mention them because I don't want to embarrass them, but but they they tried to uh, tried to uh, take the initiative with. Well, I know one guy tried to take the initiative with Ray Leonard, and he got dropped hard. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't on him. I mean, I can't. He was the same in the gym. He was always wanting to boss 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 sparring partners. Hmm. Unbelievable. You know, speaking of speaking of Amir Khan, all the money that he's made in in Pakistan, in the Middle East, and that isn't that is it untold millions? I mean, because when Hamed was fighting, I was told he was getting twenty five million dollars for each fight just from the television alone in in the Middle East. Twenty five million dollars a fight. So that's maybe why he's three hundred pounds now. But it, was Amir Khan getting that kind of money from Middle East as well? 
Uh, well, I, I don't know exactly what he was getting, but let's just say he doesn't he doesn't want for money ever again. Wow. Speaking of speaking of Hamed, um, 126 pound champion. Of course, I was with him uh, in training camp when he trained for Marco Antonio Barrera down there in Palm. Was it Palm Springs or Big Bear? One or the other. Anyway, he came to camp at 155. He got down to 126, and he died. Of course, he he Barrera beat him around the ring, but um, he's now like almost 300 pounds. That's that's a, I mean. I'll tell you a little story about Wilfredo Gomez. We, me and Alexis Arguello were Alexis was smoking a cigarette because Alexis loved to smoke. He was, that was his one thing he smoked throughout his entire career every day. Anyway, but we're in Mexico City and we're looking across the room and I saw Wilfredo Gomez over there, the former WBC 122 pound champion. This was like in the year 2000. So I says to him, Alexis, I said, Hey, Alex, who's that dude over there? He goes, What dude? I said, That dude over there. He goes, Oh, that's Wilfredo. I go, Wilfredo who? He goes, Wilfredo Gomez. He was 275 pounds. It's amazing. How does somebody go from 122 to 275? I don't know. I don't know, but it sickens me to see that kind of stuff because it just ruins the whole image of, of what a great fighter he was. And what, I mean, I'll never forget that fight there with Lupe Pinto. What a Whoa. fight, you know. Harold Letterman judged that fight. He told me it was the greatest fight he ever judged in his life. Hmm. You know, I wouldn't and, doubt it. And Harold, scored, Harold did a lot of fights. And of course, and then there was the the uh, the fight with, with Gomez. I mean, there was there was all kind. There was all kind. Gomez, Gomez and Sanchez. Of course, the anniversary just passed, and of course, Sanchez spanking Gomez. You know what's funny is for that fight, people don't realize that Wilfredo Gomez went to bed the night before at 126 pounds, and he woke up at 130. Mm. You know how he did that, right? No water. Water, because yeah, yeah. it isn't the food that puts, I mean, you and I know that, you know, you could like eat a little tiny piece of cake, but you drink some water and the water counts, the cake doesn't, <laughs> mm. you know. Yeah. Just just jumping back to Alexica Arguello smoking, all the time I knew Kenny Norton, and I, I knew Kenny Norton real well. I didn't even know that he smoked when he was um, when he was boxing. Yeah, Alexis smoked. Alexis smoked every day of his life. In fact, that was the only vice he had after he quit. And, and um, uh, New Year's Eve 2000, he got into a car accident. Of course, after I went down to uh, uh, Nicaragua and tried to get him in rehab in September and October, he didn't want to go. So then, three months later, he gets into a car accident. And Nicaraguan government says either you go to rehab or you go to jail. He went to rehab. He's been, he was clean since then, allegedly clean since then, until the suicide. Of course, 2007, 2008. But. Um, I miss him. He was he was he was the most fragile. He was the most fragile man I've ever met uh, in the world of boxing emotionally. He, he you know I mean that Aaron Pryor fight. He thinks that Pryor cheated. I think that Pryor took the stuffing out of the gloves and and that they also put plaster of Paris in his hand wraps. Did Panama Lewis and he felt that way too. And, it, and he never he was never able to escape that until the day he died. Mm. You know, it's just it's just something he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't. In other words, had it been fair, had he been left up fair, I think he could have accepted it. But because he took because there was, there was all those asterisks involved, the cheating and the the special mix. You know, it was in that special bottle, don't you? No, it was it was asthma pills, crushed up asthma pills in water. What he did was he crushed up these asthma pills, and and what happened is you took the asthma pills and opened up your lungs real quick. So what he did was he had these guys drink it and opened up their lungs right away. Secrets of Panama Lewis. Kenny Rainford, I love you. All the best. You will talk soon. Will do. Thanks a lot, buddy. The great Kenny Rainford from the UK on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose to the break. My mama told me she said. 
Me. 